0: Body kindness is really a new and different philosophy for how you might focus on caring for your well-being.
1: To Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and I love to hear from you, my listeners. Leave me a comment. ZestfulAging.com. I really do appreciate your feedback. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker who was a guest on Zestful Aging. Her CD Buffalo Motel is out now and you can find out more about her on JudyBanker.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. And as usual, I've got my loyal jack russell terrier right behind me taking a nap so let's begin we have a great interview for you today we're going to be speaking with rebecca scritchfield who is a well-being coach a registered dietitian nutritionist and a certified exercise physiologist and the author of the wonderful book body kindness, transform your health from the inside out, and never say diet again. Rebecca has influenced millions through her writing, podcast workshops, and appearances in over 100 media outlets, including the NBC Nightly News, CNN, The Today Show, O Magazine, Real Simple, and many others. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. I want to say um, I loved your book, and uh, one of the reasons I loved it is because it goes into every single aspect of uh, being oneself, developing oneself, and really understanding you know our own values. It's not just you know diets are bad, and these are the reasons. It's so comprehensive, and I just wanted to start out with that and ask you a little bit about what body kindness means. Mm. Well,
0: uh, body kindness is really um, a new and different philosophy for um, how you might focus on caring for your well-being. Um, So fundamentally, uh, we all uh, have an inner caregiver, that really is compassionate, is kind of there with us through thick and thin. But as we go through life, we don't always uh, listen or hear our inner caregiver voice. We have many, many other parts, our perfectionistic part, our sort of rebellious part, our good person part. So, you know, that's just the human experience. And, um, you know, in, in the culture, that we were all born into that will surely still remain um, when we're gone you know when we think about health it's very focused on maintaining one's own ability for as much as possible Um, so if anyone deals with a disease or condition or a disability then they're seen as lesser than Um, and we also see health as very weight centric so um you know, thinness is valued not just for the beauty ideal and aesthetic that's very strong, but also it's, it's a symbol of health and vitality. Um. And in reality, bi- biologically, we have size diversity, um, the same way we have different heights, we have different body weights and shapes and appearances that is a really strong genetic link. Um, but most anyone can really relate to the idea that we've been told since we can remember, you know, that we gotta be good and eat well and exercise, and this is how you hold on to your health. And you know, if you struggle at all, um, it's your own fault. <laughs> (laughs) and you're on your own to fix it you know if you really think about it it's a really like you know like inhumane way to operate and it's very isolating it's not necessarily based on scientific truth and um you know personally for me i spent many years dieting thinking i was pursuing health and when it came around to creating Body Kindness, it wasn't like, I have this idea, it's called Body Kindness. It, The name came after, but it was more about I hit my own rock bottom of, you know, self-criticisms, my inner critic was so strong, and. Um, and I knew that what I was doing as a dietitian was too prescriptive. It wasn't workable. I was unhappy in my personal life and sort of the good person, bad person judgments. And and I was like, I want to find a way to communicate what it means to care for our health. And not just in the physical sense, mind and body health was my definition. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to communicate what does it mean to care for our health and Never have to diet again, and and eventually that's where the the pillars came out, um, as well as you know the name for the practice of body kindness, um, and it was um, it's definitely deeply rooted in um, you know big bodies of research as well. So we can get uh, nerdy and talk about that too. But <laughs> from the fundamental standpoint, it's this idea of that we can actually create a better life by being good to ourselves. And then when we free up time and energy, there's also so much more that goes into health. So how do we find connection and community with others in ways big and small? And how do those things actually make our life so much more personally meaningful?
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's what I responded to is, it's so comprehensive. And it really is about living a life that you want to live that mm-hmm. the the eating part is only one um, aspect. And you talked about pillars. Can you uh, say a little bit more about that?
0: Sure. So there are three key pillars of the body kindness practice. Um Which, you know, by the way, everyone asks, when's the finish line? How do I know I've arrived? It's like, (laughs) when you're dead. So speaking of, we're gonna age zestfully, right? But then one day, right? Like it's it's how we end life. But, and so it really is a practice. And so these, these are, you know, body kindness is not a set of rules. If it was a set of rules, it would be just another diet calling it self, not a diet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so you want to think of these as like a way to guide your personal values, um, So there's three of them. The first one is love, and it's about making choices from a place of love, and it acknowledges from the positive psychology research that love is a supreme emotion, and we experience all different types of love, not just romantic love or family love or friendships. But, you know, if we hold the door open for a stranger at the post office and they say thank you and our eyes connect, that that's a human bonding that's taking place. We are getting positive reward and connection molecules resonating between us and a total stranger, we're not in romantic love with them, mm-hmm. but we're sharing a moment and that moment kind of triggers this positive emotion. Um, the Barbara Fredrickson, Barbara Fredrickson, a positive psychology researcher, um, coined this broaden and build theory and that's building positive emotions, um, help you feel more open and connected to others and 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 a sense of purpose um, and really a more meaningful life and so this um, she created this um, metaphor about spiraling up um, by layering positive emotions on one another and I I looked at her research and I thought you know could could it be true that no matter kind of we woke up on the wrong side of the bed that if there was if we said well what's a what's a positive self-care choice I could make right now? you know, could that trigger positive emotions and could that positive emotions lead to more positive self-care choices? And essentially the answer is yes, and so I was like, Uh, This is critical to body kindness, this idea of being more open and connected to ourselves and to one another. And and fundamentally, it comes from a place of love. So going to bed on time because we want to get our sleep, because we're excited to do that early morning yoga class. We just wish it wasn't at 6.30 in the morning, (laughs) you know, but we go to bed anyway. You know, we limit our TV time because we know we're going to feel better for that other thing that we're looking forward to. And yes, it might mean doing a little bit of meal planning and prep because it's so much easier for food decision making in the busy week ahead. Um and we might think of things like fruits and vegetables based on what we like the taste of and what is easy and what's in season. And so much more positive connections than how many calories are in this? Or what's the grams uh, of fiber? Or what are the do's and don'ts? It's like you can't let go yeah. of all of that, right? right. You know, do I like blueberries? Yes or no? You know, um, you know, am I a french fry girl? That's okay if I am, you know, I might buy those frozen from the store and I like broccoli too. I'll get some of that, you know. So it's this idea that our preferences matter, but that there's all these amazing choices we can make throughout the day connecting to our inner caregiver, and the guide is to make choices from a place of love. Um, The second pillar is called connect. And this is, for majority of the book, is really about focusing on your own connection to your inner caregiver and the different parts of yourself. And and so connecting to your body from a sense of, you know, being hungry and knowing that you need nourishment. And so kind of don't wait too long. Like I know you want to get one more email in, but you're gonna need a snack. <laughs> you know, and the caregiver can chime in and help you do that. Um, it also, you know, could be that you connect your body and you're realizing that you're feeling pretty stressed and anxious. And what would be really soothing, right, is like a big bowl of ice cream, right? So the caregiver might pause and say, Hey what sounds like self-care right now? So it's not eat the ice cream, don't eat the ice cream, eat the ice cream, don't eat the ice cream, right? You know, it's like, you know, I feel like I want to stand in front of the freezer and just gobble, 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 but I don't really think my caregiver, like I wouldn't tell a friend to do that. You know, I wouldn't want my child to do that, but yeah, you know, you can choose to soothe with something sweet. Today wasn't sweet. So if we want to do that, what sounds like kind of a mindful kindness that will help me feel good. And so it's more of an approach to our emotion rather than an avoid or a numbing out or running away from Mm -hmm. our emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So those types of connections, and then as I get later on in the book to part four, where I'm really talking about connection and belonging, and you know, we finally, like, we kind of feel some freedom from diets and are more into living our values that we're, you know, that, that we're also able to think of connection about like our meaningful relationships. And, and even in meaningful relationships where there's difficulty, sometimes we got to set boundaries for our time and feel so bad saying no, and I'm like, no is a complete sentence and I struggle to say no too, but we need to learn ways of protecting our time and our highest priorities, otherwise we're saying yes to everybody and we're just draining those boundaries down. Um, And last but not least is care. And this pillar is um, about staying fully committed to caring for your well-being no matter what. Um, And this was really important to me. Um, It really came out of um, acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a third wave of cognitive and behavioral therapy um, that, you know, um, talked about the idea of being fully committed to yourself and committed to living a values-driven life. And I love everything about ACT. Um, And I love that it it really kind of gives you this way of realizing your own humanity. And so when we think about Habit change, right? You hear like, practice it every day for 30 days. And you know, all these other like tricks and tips and hacks. Mm -hmm. In reality, we have a brain. It is like a, you know, calculator. So it's not, you know, we're smart, (laughs) but it takes a lot of practice to learn. The brain can absolutely learn and grow through practice and through many, 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 many mistakes. And so the same way when we teach children, oh, We didn't get that math problem right yet, let's practice it another way. Mm -hmm. This idea of a growth mindset and not yet, that's Carol Dweck's amazing research, Mm -hmm. Um, that we can have that with ourselves. And so our inner caregiver has all this compassion to say, not yet, what would I like to learn from this? What would I like to try next? And that because we are going to make a lot of mistakes, we need to retain this full commitment to our well-being because we're the, we're really the only caregiver we really have. No one is the expert of our bodies and no one can possibly care for ourselves and lives in our mind but us. It is our necessary job. And it's, you know, rather than like changing ourselves, it's much more about seeing how we relate to these different parts of us that sometimes are getting along and other times aren't and trying to guide ourselves to just staying fully committed to our own well-being that that's what matters the most
1: you're taking a lot of pieces from different psychological theories i hear internal Mm -hmm. family systems yes you do you sure (laughs) do i love ifs so i have to tell you
0: um in the book, I, I explained IFS a little bit more and there was so much that I wanted to include. But my, what my editors and what the illustrator was so good at, what they really held me back on is that they saw what I was trying to do and they really helped to maintain this integrity of, um, Because even when I came up with the name, Body Kindness, they loved it so much because they're like, it sounds like the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Because Rebecca, you're really delivering a book of bad news and that's not good for sales. And I was like, what do you mean? This is great. And they're Mm -hmm. like, but you're telling, you know, like these readers that all their beliefs and their hopes and dreams about they'll finally have the better life when they're thinner or they're being so good on this certain eating plan, dah, dah, dah. You know, that it, it really, it can feel like medicine or like bad news or like you talk about shame. and you know, um, and, and, and really like life difficulties, you know, but they, they love like, well, well, who wouldn't want body kindness and that the name definitely resonates with folks. And, Mm -hmm. and that second part of how we wanted to present this physical book out into the world. Um, was that we really wanted to make sure that we provided it in a really approachable way. So it's very journal-like. It's and very it's
1: colorful.
0: Colorful, really <laughs> thick pages, right? Like very artistic. I mean, it it's glitters. It's very pretty. It's a very pretty book. <laughs> the cover glitters, right? And because we wanted people to want to hold it to do these reflections that might bring about some discomfort or some, you know, insight that's kind of hard to feel. Um, and so in the words, and I'm a very conversational person as you can tell, um, but we wanted the words to sound really conversational as well. So anyway, how all this relates to IFS is I really wanted to be like nerdy sciency too. And Mm -hmm. so much got cut. I'm surprised I got that little bit of act, um, explained (laughs) in there, but I'm sure you could pick up on when I talked about, um, you know, like the inner child, um, or tantrum toddler or like rebel without a cause in the the inner
1: care. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, that that was all IFS. So I was actually going through some IFS therapy. It started out as some self-reflection work in a workbook um, in adjusting to new motherhood because I had two kids under two. My number two was like, oops, you can get pregnant when you're not on your period <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're nursing. Oh, um, goodness. And my inner critic just like, I really thought I really beat like the judgments, you know, from like body bashing and stuff, but it was on full force. And here I had this book deal and these two young kids and I'm like, I am going to fail at everything. Mm. Um, and so I I was adding some ISF. IFS therapy, um, at the time, you know, and, and it definitely had an influence and, and how, you know, but again, like the mitre was also good at, I, I think I'd have this amazing part and i work for two solid days and proudly turn in this two extra pages Mm -hmm. in a part that she was editing and she'd redline it and be like, sounds like social studies Uh, (laughs) or like unnecessary. And I was like, no, (laughs) but in, so in the end, I mean, you only have so much space for a book and you want the book to be as helpful as possible. So I think it kind of got people in this direction that says, you know, I really care about my health and like, so I don't want to let go of that. But I like the idea of not dieting. So what do I do? And for people who just want, just give me the answers, give me the rules, and I promise I'll follow them you're probably going to struggle because your preferences actually matter. Your life experiences come into play. Mm-hmm. Try it
1: anyway, I swear. It, yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's but- about, <laughs> it's so individualized <laughs> yeah. and personalized. I yeah. mean, that's the whole point, that it's not an external rule-oriented mm-hmm. diet that's, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly going to work for everyone. It's about what do I respond to? What are my hunger cues? What makes me satisfied and... and uh, and that. Mm-hmm. Um... Hello, Zesties. I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine, but I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, It's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance, and it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise and if you're older or you're worried about your balance you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my NEEDAC rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party because for me exercise needs to be fun and invigorating otherwise I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that Neatac is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overwhelm overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous, and it is really worth uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. it's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at zestfulaging.com. I really am their biggest fan. So I know that you get this a lot, but I want to put this out, um, as a challenge in our, uh, fields, which is, you know, I have clients who I might talk about self-care. I Mm -hmm. might talk about inner caregiver and literally I get a blank stare. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, you started off saying everyone has an inner caregiver. If, if that's true, and I hope it is, um, some of the clients I see are not familiar with her Mm -hmm. and have never met her. Mm -hmm. So how do we break this stranglehold for people who maybe don't have the experience of ever having a caregiver that Mm -hmm. was not punitive? Where do we start? Where's the first step to discovering one's inner caregiver Mm -hmm.
0: i i do have a personal favorite and it's something that i use in working with clients and it almost always works and um i find out who is young and innocent that they care about in their life Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking of a couple current clients right now who have significant trauma histories Mm -hmm. and so i am part of a team, there's a therapist involved, you know, always when there's trauma history, and I'm a trauma informed helping professional. So I focus on the nutrition and the movement. And I also, um, have a certification in clinical anxiety counseling, but it's really just to kind of help support me doing food exposures or movement exposure type work with folks. And so I'm thinking of the, some of the hardest folks mm-hmm. and it's just like, what, you know, like, mm-hmm. what do you mean caregiver? But, am um, you know, they're right now i was able to get both of them to think about somebody else that they cared about and um they happen to both have nieces and different ages but just asking about you know about like is there anyone who is young who matters to you at all like someone in your life and you know and and usually they could think of somebody right away um so this will not work for those who 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 Can't think of anyone like, and you could stretch out to your community. So if you're a member of a church and there happens to be this family that you know and they have young kids, it might feel that kind of far off of a tangent, Um, but it would work, you know, because when we can see the innocence of others right and we can connect to that inner child right like we literally can connect to children like i love my niece mm-hmm. i want my niece to be happy i want my niece to be cared for i want my niece to have permission to make mistakes i want my niece to know it's okay to cry if she's sad and it's Good to hug if you want to hug somebody, you know, and that all the emotions are good. I want my niece to be happy when she's eating food, whether it's a banana or banana cream pie, right? You know, and it's, it's so easy, right? They could bring out a piece of paper and think of all these things they want for this person they care about because they also really care about a sense of like, justice, right? This person is worthy. This person deserves this and that, you know, and they feel maybe a bit protective of their needs, right? And so through work like that, and we could spend all the time it takes, you know, and I keep composition notebooks and got art supplies in the room. It might come out that way with other clients. We might do short walk and talks with others. We might meditate first and then bring some conversation in the room. So as patient as we need to be to kind of build this world, right, around a world that they know through a person they know, Mm -hmm. then it becomes super clear what they know is right in the world for caregiving and then it's it's not over yet right because they got to kind of turn that have to mirror yeah,
1: right.
0: <laughs> and and and, and, and say oh crap yeah. now yeah. i have to do this myself right. <laughs> um but but that's that's in a nutshell i think I, you know i think that we I think that really helps people understand the parts and can and, and it's it's it it it's not that it's smooth sailing from there but when you can imagine all these things it it relates in some way to okay so I'm hearing this really strong judge or even more of a punishing voice that's saying I don't deserve this and I'm talking with Rebecca about these things that I would you know, do for my niece or I feel valuable for my niece, and so how do I hear this voice and say, you know, thank you for being present, this is what I'm going to try right now. And that usually can get them kind of, you know, you know, f- related to act, sort of like not responding to their thought bullies and just, you know, thank you, mind, and here's what I'm going to do that's more of a body kindness practice. Um, but But that's, you know, I would play around that area and don't, you know, if you're trying to do this like we always because we want to feel better and that is such an important goal it's it's so urgent, right? We feel like we've lost so much of life already. We wasted so much time, right? We're aging, right? Mm-hmm. Like I
1: need this now. Our eyes are finally <laughs> open, I think. Yes. Too. It reminds me of the lion in the zoo mm-hmm. who's walking back and forth, back and forth, and then the zookeeper opens the gate and the lion doesn't step out. There's so oh. used to that well-worn path mm-hmm. and doesn't really believe that there's a world outside of dieting. Mm
0: -hmm. That's such a good um, way to think of it. And, And also, there is a world outside of dieting, and in that world, it's a lot easier the skinnier you are, and that is something that is worth noting because we do very much have weight stigma. Um, and that's the judgments we have for people based on their size. And so the higher somebody's body mass index climbs mm-hmm. right now, the harder it is for a medical professional to want to spend time with you, to believe in your complaints, to look for things other than just say, just lose weight. Mm-hmm. And it really increases people's healthcare stress to the point to the, where they might avoid seeking care. And that is not humane. Mm-hmm. So we really have to look at the systems and structures that say bodies are on a hierarchy and there are good bodies and bad bodies. We really have to challenge that notion. And that doesn't mean, you know, people struggle with, you know, they feel this, you know, like higher, higher weight people that feel like I can never, I just, I can't imagine accepting myself as I am right now and what i would say to that is what would it look like to cause a tr- or to call a truce with yourself and don't fake like full body love and liberation but could you lay down the weapons against yourself and call a truce and say i want to practice being good to you you know even if you want your habits to change, which could change at any size, right? But even if you're like, I'm hoping through this, my body changes, I don't expect people to just drop that hope in order to start practicing body kindness because that's been drilled into us by Mm -hmm. culture. So, you know, it's baked in. Yes. So we sit with these desires or we sit with these feelings of, you know, you know, that I'm really hoping, you know, I have weight concerns, I'm really hoping that I will lose weight as a result of this. And know that it's not just things like, you know, I, I, I might have less knee pain, even though people at lower weights also have knee pain. So you treat the pain irrespective of weight. but But to just add a layer of, because I can't make some sort of quick you know, decision or just follow the rules and I magically lose weight, right? If that formula was out there, we've been telling ourselves that we would all do it. Mm -hmm. So if we can accept that I don't have control over that specific factor, but I control my choices, how can I speak to myself more kindly and take good care of the body I have Mm -hmm. now, Uh then that leads to more positive emotions, those spiral ups. You know, you, you, Set better boundaries with people, um, and you, you do the best you can to live as good of life as you can. And what sucks, and what's really hard about it, is it really is not fair that it's harder for you because of the size body that you were born into that you were meant to have. That is an absolute injustice, and it's not enough to say, so people just need to live with it. It's we need to keep asking our culture to do better, to eradicate weight stigma, so that we all can be treated with human dignity and kindness, no matter what we eat, no matter how we move, you know, just because we're humans and that we have a shared common humanity. Um, Because, you know, there are higher weight marathoners in the world, but, you know, people shouldn't have to marathon just to prove their worth. So it can get really kind of complicated. And, you know, the way that I usually hold ask people to hold space for it is, You know, if you know you've tried the different diety things and that likely led to weight cycling, so your weight going down and up, down and up, and down and up, why don't we practice something that's kind of like off of that dizzying merry-go-round and see where that takes you the next three months or so. And I, I wish there was an easy solution to changing the culture. Unfortunately, the best that you can do right now is your own choices and the boundaries around people you associate with. Um, if we had better laws that were anti-discrimination for higher weight people, there, you know, I would highly recommend legal action. But right now, um, I wanna say it's only the state of Massachusetts has um, laws against discriminating people against a higher weight. And I I want to say Washington State might have recently um, enacted something, but it, it's very far behind the times people so, can be discriminated against based on that.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I use that word in session. I just talk about discrimination, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What What's it like for you being so passionate? and so experienced and and this is really a subject that's near and dear to your heart and you're living in a world where most people are still believing that thinness equals health, dieting is noble, um, they're imperfect because they've got cellulite. Mm-hmm. What's it like, you know, just going through the world and seeing that, and I'm gonna use the word, it's 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 violence.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a word, isn't it? I have a lot of feelings right now. Like I am, the first thought that came to my mind was I'm anticipating having, um, a client session and I don't know how it's going to go because the client might decide to stop our work, um, to pursue intentional weight loss. And I, so I'm really in this moment of practicing compassionate self-care that it, that, um, that the best I can do is show up and be present and listen and, and, and continue the conversation and that, um, if the client doesn't continue, um, that I'm still good. Right. Um, so I just have to be honest that, that, mm-hmm. that is something that's just weighing on me right now, because mm-hmm. you really want to save everybody.
1: It is, a, it is a feeling of say, because you know what torture mm-hmm. that they're experiencing that mm-hmm. there's this desire to say. Get out of that prison. It's not in your best interest and it's hurting you and it's distracting you from doing things that you were meant to do that are creative and important. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's, and it's,
0: so there's this, there's a whole sense of self care, you know, because it's not the first time that it would have happened, but it doesn't make it easier, um, especially because you can't stop and think did I, what did I do wrong? Or what could I have said that might've made a difference? And so I, I've, I'm already planning, you know, that I'm open-minded and I'm gonna, you know, do what I know is the right thing to do, but also like my caregiver is already planning for that. And so I just, I did wanna share that part of it because I think as we clinicians do this work, it might sound like, oh my gosh, this person just has their act together. It's just so easy for them. And yes, things are so much easier you know, as I've evolved in my spiral ups, I'm just in a different place on the spiral and I see things differently. And at the same time, I'm still human and there's a lot of pain. And like you said, violence that happens and we can't control that outcome. So there's a lot of acceptance there. Um, I feel like the next piece that I would say, and again, this kind of has to do with some of my personal well-being aspect is that I've really learned in the last year that I have um, anxiety and that the way that I was alerted to it was that I broke out into six different rashes on my body at once. And I was going and itching <laughs> to the doctor, racing in from a thing. And anyway, um, luckily I was able to get medical care, but she called it right away. She's like, I think this is anxiety. And we kind of started talking about it. And I was saying how I really missed yoga. And um, anyway, it's, I'm still learning. I I did like a really beautiful yoga and meditation retreat. I was so lucky to be able to get some time away um, and just be grounded and breathe and remember that and just, and kind of, remember my values as a mom and as a clinician and as a human in the world and i really think i needed that to 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 accept that i you know struggle with um you know the juggle struggle right but that it can bubble into anxiety to where i'm i struggle to be um the kind of parent i want to be and um So what makes me want to say all of that is that I'm very well aware of what's going on in the world. And I remember, you know, to secure my oxygen mask and I literally have an oxygen mask in my cupboard for when clients come in and I'm looking (laughs) for the right time to bring it out. But like, I remember that. So I see what's happening in the world and I want to fix everything. And I remember to breathe and my, my mantra this year is, um is live with ease. And it's mm. so instead of like relax. <laughs> right? You know, it's this, you know, and and oh, I literally wow. practice the breath and I check in my regulation um and and you know the way how I think that is really helpful is that it lets me see the different, you know, injustices or opportunities and then with a gentle reminder of my own well-being for my clients and my family, um, you know, that's going to take a certain amount of emotional energy. And do I have the emotional bandwidth and am I the right person to engage in something, um, you know, or can I do something quickly? So it, you know, it, it, I, I kind of will give myself a little bit of pause, remember my values and just realize that to kind of fight that urge to kind of you know, always be fixing and correcting because Mm -hmm. I know it will drain me and that's not good for my life.
1: So you're respecting your limits.
0: Ah, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and just, but, but, you know, like it's a relatively new revelation, I would say, like the day that I realized that I would probably die with, you know, just as strong as diet culture as I inherited the world with, I cried because I, up to that point, thought that all this work that I did was going to change the world for my kids. You know, and I still do believe that in parenting and connecting with them, that I'm helping to boost their values and their resilience. And, you know, but I mean, I really thought, um, that what I was working toward was making sure that you know things were going to change and I was going to live to see it, and it just and it's not I'm not saying give up and throw in the towel. It's just when you really study systems and structure, structures and oppression, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know you'll you'll get burned out. You'll get burned out from these
1: social justice things that you care about. Mm-hmm so um let me ask you about another sort of social situation and you know comment on this as you feel comfortable sure i'd like to ask you about the halftime show Mm. and j-lo and shakira sure and there was you know tons of commentary on it but as someone who works with weight and eating and body acceptance What was your takeaway from that? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, the first thing that I wanna do is acknowledge my privilege of being a thin white female who's highly educated. And that, um, you know, because in watching it and I've got some, you know, my, my daughter was mesmerized by it and that alone brought so much joy to me. But when I was watching it, I was like, I am watching, culture and history and dance and so many things that you know that I don't yet know about. And look at this artistry and this beauty and it, you know, it was a very awe-inspiring talent. I saw strength and and I feel like I would see that like, I would have those similar feelings if it was also Lizzo performing, right, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. higher weight and black. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to me, it's, like, my experience in watching it was so much awe-inspiring. Um, you know, I mean, when I know people make comments about the clothing, you know, and it's, like, it's different. In, ex- in expressing your own sexuality as opposed to being sexualized. You know, being sexualized is like, you know, when, you know, I don't know, barely puberty girls being body commented on at the beach or something like that. It's like, you know, she's 12, why is that? You know, I am not an object for you to, you know, admire. Um, but very specifically with the performance you know, and I love that my daughter who loves dance was just like, she said that she wanted to be like both Shakira and mm-hmm. JLo and she was so interested and she saw it as performance and theater and art. And I love that that's what she saw. and um, And that is also what I saw. And so I do feel, I feel sad for our culture because there was a lot of white women commenting about what they were wearing and what they were doing with their bodies. And it's just like, unless you really know the history and culture of what they were representing, that's actually racism, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I am so uncomfortable with that because, you know, I don't wanna live in a world with racism. And especially when you you don't see it's happening, so hopefully people are reading and learning and growing to kind of sit better in their discomfort. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, I read a New York Times article too about it by Jennifer Weiner, and she's a wonderful novelist, um, so she has many wonderful books and one of them is In Her Shoes, which became the movie with Cameron Diaz. Um, and but she wrote a piece and it was i skim the whole way through and the bottom line is were you a jlo or were you more like blanche and i just at the end i just felt this big yawn and i was like i want to be like a rebecca mm-hmm.
1: and you know
0: like not a blanche or a jlo and the people who are looking at the bodies and they're engaging in social comparison, compare and despair. And, you know, and, and how does that help you create a better life, you know, to look what's out there and then bash yourself. And so I really, I, I I did make a Facebook comment on, I shared that article with like Sai and just, you know, said, I don't want to be either one of those. I want to be a Rebecca. And, 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 you know, like, I feel, you know, like I want to help create a world where my daughters don't repeat the mistakes of generations ahead of them, you know? So that is ultimately how I feel about it is like, ugh, you know, I hope that we can sit with ourselves when we see ourselves doing that comparison and asking, is this helpful? And how can we share more love and curiosity and connection for others? And even if it's like, I believe in being really, really modest and that's my value. No one's saying you compromise that value, but can you appreciate somebody else's presence and artistry um, or at least observe without first thing calling it wrong,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very complex, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot, a lot of issues there. Let me ask you if you could just share a little bit of wisdom with our listeners and around how they might start the first little little step in getting acquainted with their inner caregiver okay
0: well you know i like you know probably nobody likes to submit this, right? But I talk to myself all the time and I know we all do. (laughs) And we may not talk out loud, but we're always thinking and engaging in this inner dialogue anyway. So one of the first things that I suggest is just starting to be more curious and open, you know, like, what do I like and how do I know it? You know? So even if it's like, I got to eat better, you know, it's like, all right, let's make a list. Write down the word fruit at the top and just start coming up with some fruits that you like the taste of, you know, and they might get like apples, bananas, grapes. And I was even start with that like, okay, what's your favorite apple? Hmm, well, you know, I actually really like Honeycrisp and Granny Smith, you know, in pies, I like feet. And next thing you know, they actually have a lot of different ideas. Mm. You know, we're getting apple pie. We're getting hot apple versus cold apple. We're getting different varieties. What do you think of apple and peanut butter? Oh, that is really good. So. Mm. All that is to say that we might be talking at something like eat your fruits and vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. And something as simple as that, you could start with your preferences. What do I like? How do I know? Like, what's a positive memory I have about, you know, a certain food? And definitely, I think in healing your relationship with food where you feel like it's like uh, what I call dead person's goal, I can never eat chocolate cake again. You know, Mm -hmm. I would want a person to describe the best chocolate cake that they can remember. Where were they? What, What did they love about it? How did it taste? What else? was happening. First of all, this is beautiful memory, but we can also look at what we're looking for when it comes to desserts, right? And, and there's so much wisdom in, Already our lived experience is that if we're just more curious and open to what we like and why and allowing our preferences to matter That can be really helpful in just setting forth your body kindness blueprint I I really encourage people to not focus on everything at once So I'll have clients who come in and they think we're just gonna start talking about food We realize and they decide that they want to actually focus on their sleep because they realize that when their sleep is messed up it really messes up their food and movement mm-hmm. and it's just too much work to do all the things, they think that the goal is to make a big whiteboard of all the problems. <laughs> That's going to make you feel worse, you know. But but you know, to get a sense of where you would like to start, and be really gentle with yourself around your preferences or like around sleep. Well, what's workable? Some people are more naturally night owls, but they got to find their cutoff point if they're going to get their eight hours, right? And they might need a little bit of sleep hygiene support or something like that. Um, whereas I'm an early bird. Right, so I'd rather be in bed at eight thirty and up at five thirty or six. Mm-hmm. But but that just because I like that doesn't mean somebody else does. Um, and the, and the other piece of curiosity that I would say as you're looking at your preferences is just start asking yourself, be like, is that my caregiver talking? You know, what like who do I think that is? If it's not my caregiver, and you know, you can come up with any names you want. You know, but there are things you know like, well, this is an inner critic, or this is like Ms. Perfectionist. You know, this is a judger, and you know, um, it. But it it just, because if you can label it, um, and I'm sure you know the phrase, name it to tame it, right? Mm -hmm. Like about your emotion. I love that phrase. Like, oh, if I just say what I'm feeling, that's it, that's it. It's a miracle, right? Um, And so it's like, ooh, 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 that is my judger saying that because you slept in, you missed your workout, that you needed to do a really good job at healthy eating today. But you know what? I'm a little bit nervous about that because that reminds me of being like a good girl on a diet. And when I do that, I actually tend to soothe myself later in the evening because I didn't get to eat enough, <laughs> you know? So maybe I don't attach exercise to eating. And maybe I think about what sounds good right now. And when I think about it, some fruit and yogurt and granola sound good right now. Why don't I make that, you know? And so it just, just kind of gets you thinking through this. Is that my caregiver? What would my caregiver
1: say? I love that. Have you yeah. ever heard of the, uh, the the idea of having an owner's manual for yourself? I love it. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might, but that's exactly the, the, what, what I love to talk about. I mm-hmm. had a client, um, who would eat Greek yogurt every single day and would buy at these like <laughs> Sam's Club cases. And I was a little distracted one session and just offhandedly said, you know, you must really like Greek yogurt. And she said, no, I don't. I hate it. <laughs> She said, I eat it because it's really good for me. And I said, there's a lot of stuff out there that's really good for you. Let's figure out something that you really enjoy. Oh, gosh, that's the best. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Well, I do want to say again, Rebecca, this book is absolutely beautiful and i'm going to recommend it uh i'm gonna sing it from the mountains (laughs) i think it's so helpful and i think it's the kind of book that one can read again and again and again and get something different out because you cover you know, every aspect of, of oneself and really coming to a place of peace and clarity. And um, I just can't recommend it enough. Um, again, the, the book is called Body Kindness, Transform Your Health from the Inside Out and Never Say Diet again. Rebecca, where can people learn more about you and your work? Well, thank you so much. It's been
0: so wonderful to talk with you. Uh, The best place is my website. It's bodykindnessbook.com. Okay. Yeah. And from there, you'll see all the different social places. Mm -hmm. Um, If uh, You know, my podcast, Body Kindness, I would love um, you to tune in to that. Um, But if you're interested in staying in touch with me, there is um, a free get started guide so you get this video from me and comes with a self-reflective guide about like how to start breaking some health rules that you might be following um, you get the free chapter of um, body kindness so you can just kind of check it out right away and, and the book is also available wherever books are sold but I would love um, I would love if folks wanted to connect with me
1: and they can do that on thebodykindnessbook.com? dot They can see that video and get that little sample. Yes, yes. Okay. It, you oh.
0: you you give your name and email because I actually follow up with you over email. So over mm-hmm. eight days, I kind of check in with you and kind of reveal a little bit more about the philosophy and um, and why I wrote things certain ways, and then um, and also just um, other testimonials or different feedback that other readers have given. You know, because it's kind of this new approach. And so I kind of guide you into it. Um, but yep, it's totally free. Mm-hmm. And it's at bodykindnessbook.com slash start. And that'll take mm-hmm. you right to that page. Slash but start. it's also navigable from the homepage. So great, find it.
1: great. I, I'm sure our audience will love that. And I appreciate you giving that to them. It's been such a pleasure. I feel like you and I could probably talk, you know, we could just talk about this for hours, different aspects. And I know we have a lot of crossover with the people that we admire, Mm -hmm. Evelyn Triboli and and Michelle May Mm -hmm. and some of the other folks. So it's such a, it's such an important subject. And I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Lutheran. It's called Too Much Stuff.